Well, it is day three, not day three, it's day 13, but it's day three of back to back what it looks like when the righteous or the morally excellent heed wisdom and how they are successful as opposed to those who are treacherously wicked and when they don't heed wisdom and how they're unsuccessful. Now, chapter 13 is very, very good. I wish to read the entire chapter, but I only want to pull out some nuggets within this chapter. You, of course, are more than welcome, and you don't need my permission to read the entire chapter and glean from what the Spirit is saying. Listen, I'm only here as a vessel and a conduit as a tool, but this is really what this has been about, in essence, is to ignite and spark a flame in the listeners for you to desire and pursue wisdom from heaven, wisdom from God. And actually, we're going to talk about what that looks like, wisdom from heaven versus wisdom that is from the earth. So I truly appreciate Proverbs chapter 13. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation this time, and I am going to be breaking up into different segments as I've previously done with some other episodes versus just reading uh, consecutive verses. So We'll start with verses 1 through 6. A wise son or daughter desires a father's discipline, but the know-it-all never listens to correction. The The words of the wise are kind and easy to swallow, but the unbeliever just wants to pick a fight and argue. Guard your words and you'll guard your life, but if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything now. These first three verses just said a whole lot because it talks about a wise daughter and a wise son will want to listen to the words and discipline from his or her father. Now, in days 11 and 12, we highlighted how God is speaking to the spirit of wisdom or the spirit of wisdom is speaking rather that when we choose righteousness as we're living in the fruit of the spirit and we're walking in the spirit and we're having the spirit grow his fruit in us, we're going to have moral excellence and we're going to be upright. We're standing in righteousness. However, when we're in the flesh, according to Galatians chapter five, and we're working the fruit of the flesh, we're not in the spirit and we're just like those who are not in the fold in the house of Yahweh. And we also have some actions that are treacherously wicked. This is what is exactly talking about in chapter 13, verses 2 and 3, that when we are not wise, not just for an unbeliever, there are some believers who like to pick fights and argue because they refuse wisdom. They refuse to allay that they don't know it all. They refuse to allay wrath and anger. We learned in chapter 12 that that's what happens when we're not wise we are not self-control and we give over easy into anger and we're not peaceful men and women. There are some believers and from time to time, all of us, it's not pointing out fingers at anybody. We all have been here from time to time where our mouths are not guarded, according to Proverbs 13, chapter three, sorry, chapter 13, verse three, and we don't control our tongue and our tongue is vicious everyone's tongue. It doesn't matter how vicious others' tongues might be over others. Every single solitary human being's tongue is vicious because the Father put it in humans to have that ability and have that authority. 
So we must watch what we say. This is what verse 3 is talking about. Guard your words and you'll guard your life. Verse 4, the slacker wants it all and ends up with nothing, but the hard worker ends up with all that he longed for. Now, we talked about Ecclesiastes chapter 11, that this is a year for us to cast our bread on the waters. Dream again, believe again, hope again. I think I have efficiently uh, equipped and exhorted and encouraged us. Don't lose your hope. Don't give up on faith. Chapter 4 in, in Proverbs 13 and Ecclesiastes chapter 11 are good foundations for you to stand on to never lose your hope. Keep working those things that God has called you to put your hand to the plow. Verse 5, lovers of God hate what is phony and false, but the wicked are full of shame and behave shamefully. Um, there is a church in the book of Revelation. It's the first church, Ephesus. Those men and women could not stand others who were fake and phony and false. In fact, Yeshua commended them and stated about the Ephesians that you see false leadership. You have called out false apostles. You've called out false prophets and you've called out false teachers. You don't tolerate false leadership. Yeshua commended Ephesians, the, the Ephesus church for that and the Ephesians for doing that. And all of God's children are called to dislike and to hate what is phony and fake because this is exactly what Proverbs is teaching us. Wisdom is not fake, but is integrity. And wisdom causes us to walk in integrity. Verse six, righteousness is like a shield of protection guarding those who keep their integrity, but sin is the downfall of the wicked. We're back to what we learned in an earlier day that wisdom keeps us safe. Verse 9, the virtues of God's lover shine brightly in the darkness, but the flickering lamp of the ungodly will be extinguished. In this time, it seems like dark darkness, great darkness. It's a time for those of us who are true sons of God to shine brightly in this darkness. And it says the virtues of God's lovers. You know, the story with the woman with the issue of blood, the scripture goes as this. Jesus said, I felt virtue leave from me. I felt character. I felt morality. I felt essence. I felt my strength, my nature leave from me. That's what that's talking about. We see in the book of Exodus, I've mentioned this before, when Moses asked Yahweh to pass by him, it was Yahweh's virtue. It was Yahweh's goodness. It was his nature. Verse 9 is saying to us in Proverbs chapter 13 that our nature, as we are redeemed, blood-bought, and saved by Jesus who is Lord, our nature is substantial, efficient, and sufficient to shine brightly in whatever darkness that comes our way and for the world to see that and to extinguish their darkness. That's a word. Verse 10, wisdom opens up your heart to receive wise counsel, but pride closes your ears to advice and gives birth to only quarrels and strife. Now, I want to flip the script here because we can sit here and point fingers and talk about, ha, 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 this is just for the ungodly, this is for the unbelievers, this is for the treacherously wicked. But again, let me remind you, we have choices daily. This is why Yeshua told those who followed him, especially the closest disciples, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Die daily. 
crucify the flesh. When we are acting in pride and we're stubborn and we like to fight, we like to argue, we are refusing wisdom and we're going to birth quarrels and strife. Well, if we fast forward to the book of James, James tells us that envy and jealousy opens the door for every form of bitter envy, strife and every other ungodliness and evil. You see how that works? This is talking to the church. James' epistle was to the church. It wasn't to the unbelievers or the ungodly. We have to get a revelation. I have been heralding for years and years and years. You all might not have um, that familiarity with me based on proximity and how much you know me. You know, I have listeners all over the world but I've been heralding for years that God starts with his church first and we got to get it out of us first. We cannot point fingers at the outside if we're unwilling to look at what is inside of us. Verse 14, when lovers of God teach you truth, they felt enough life opens up within you and their wise instruction will deliver you from the ways of death. We're back to wisdom causes our words to be healing and life-giving. Verse 15, everyone admires a wise, sensible person, but the treacherous walk on the path of ruin. Everything a wise and shrewd man does comes from the source of revelation knowledge, but the behavior of a fool puts foolishness on a parade. I think we've seen enough of that. And we learned earlier that wisdom gives us active understanding. I can't get over that. Oh my God, that's amazing. Wisdom gives us live, breathing, present, engaged, active, knowledge, revelation, wisdom. And it's telling us here in verse 16 that those who hold tight and listen to wisdom from Daddy God, from the spirit of wisdom, and from those who have input and insight and oversight into our lives, that we get revelation knowledge that comes from him. And it keeps us from being foolish and acting foolish. An undependable messenger causes a lot of trouble, but the trustworthy and wise messengers release healing wherever they go. Now we're back to two things here. Peace and healing. Listen to me. Jesus was not a pacifist, but Jesus was also not a slumlord or the leader of a gang. Now, he had his disciples. Don't get me wrong. He was a leader, but he was not a leader of a gang. He wasn't leader of a mafia. That was not his agenda. It wasn't his character. It wasn't his virtue. It wasn't his mentality. Let me read verse 17 again, and I want you to tie those two words. Jesus was not a pacifist, but he was also not the leader of a mafia. Peace and healing. Verse 17, an undependable messenger causes a lot of trouble, but the trustworthy and wise messengers release healing wherever they go. We've got to learn how to be peacemakers. Scripture says from Jesus's mouth in Matthew chapter five, blessed are the peacemakers. We've got to learn how to be peacemakers. I mean, the epistles uh, tell us succinctly, especially of Paul's about how to be peaceful men, about being peaceful to the household of faith, our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, especially to all in the household of faith, but all men. Scripture tells us to pray for peace within our governing leaders, within our nation's borders, and nations is plural. So whatever nation you're in, whatever your borders are as well, so that there would be peace 
in the civil and governing boundary lines, the geopolitical boundary lines, we have got to get a revelation of peace. Everybody wants to fight. Everybody wants to be routed. But scripture tells us it is those who are pure in heart, they will see God. It is the lowly, it is the humble. It is these ones to whom God will give dominion, not authority, not power, separately, dominion, authority, and power. We have to learn to go low. Now, I want to flip the script here for two things. I want to talk about healing, but I also want to come from this, from us having distinguishing and discerning goggles. I've said that a lot this year. Put on your distinguishing and discerning goggles. If you don't have them on, put them on. If you don't have them, you don't know what they are, cry out for the spirit of wisdom. Ask wisdom to fall on you and give you discretion and wisdom and understanding and knowledge so that you would know to distinguish and discern. We have to understand when messages when messages and messengers are not from God, but they're from familiars. And when I say familiars, I mean people with whom we have rapport, people with whom we know, but they have false reports. Remember, we've been learning and journeying through. I've only been reading to you scripture and I've been adding a little bit of uh, revelation light exhortations. This has just been saturated with scripture because I want scripture to speak to you. I want the spirit of wisdom to speak to you for you to get a revelation from wisdom. That's what this is about. This is not about Rashad's understanding or education or educating you. But we have to realize that sometimes people have other narratives and have other agendas and or they're not in the fruit of the spirit. They're in the fruit of the flesh. And the fruit of the flesh is starting and in, in, in stirring the pot with rivalries and dissensions and divisions and factions. That's where that comes from discern and distinguish when a message is from God and when it's not. And when a message is from God, there will be healing is what verse 17 says. When it's not from God, there will be trouble. Also, as we've learned in Proverbs, when it's not from God, these people are acting in pride. They're acting haughtily. They want to fight. They want to argue. They're insulting. They can't humble themselves. But when it's from God, Blessed are the peacemakers. Let's make peace. Let's make amends. Let's heal. Let me humble myself. Let me understand your perspective and your side. You see how that works? And again, I'm not just talking about the unbelievers or those outside the household of God. I'm speaking to those who are inside the household of God. It must start with us first. Verse 20, if you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise, walk with the wicked, and you'll eventually become just like them. Now, we talked about this in an earlier chapter, that wisdom causes us to walk with the righteous or walk on the path of righteousness. We want that path. We don't want to walk on the path of the wicked so that we do not become like them. Paul talks about this in the New Testament. Be careful that you don't fall. Take heed that you don't fall. You're pointing your finger and you're misjudging people and you're being hypercritical, but be careful in case you fall. Paul also says, separate and come from among them. Don't estimate yourself better than anybody or better than the outsiders, better than the Gentiles or better than the ites, but also understand that there is a dividing line and we have to separate. And wisdom will cause us to understand this. I don't have an answer for you because I don't know your situation. I don't know where you are. I don't know your walk. I don't know your journey. But there is 
Someone who does know, Holy Spirit, ask Holy Spirit to show you. Ask the spirit of wisdom to fall on you so that you will be able to have distinguishing and discerning goggles on that you'll be able to know and see what is going on. Verse 22, the benevolent man leaves an inheritance that endures to his children's children, but the wealth of the wicked is treasured up for the righteous. The lovers of God will live a long life and get to enjoy their wealth, but the ungodly will suddenly perish. Now, verse 22 is where many of us get the term transfer of wealth. And I just want to encourage you that God wants his kingdom advanced because he needs his kingdom to be advanced. And one way he advances his kingdom is with money. Money itself is not evil. It is the love, covetousness, and greed of money and riches and fame that is evil. Understand that. Get that scripture correct. And I believe God is about to topple over some kingdoms and some structures and some uh, high officials in every sphere, every mountain of influence, so that what can be shaken and an evil playing us, us, an even playing field comes so that those who could not have will have because God loves all. And God is a fierce defender and protector of those who have been oppressed and those who are in poverty. Please understand that those who have had things held against them and they haven't had the ability to have rest or peace with finances or the ability to succeed. He is about to stand up, not just as just judge, but as defender against all those who have opposed, those who are lowly, those who are impoverished, and those who have held, had things withheld and held back from them. So I want to encourage you, according to verse 22, that there are some inheritances out there from us, for us, some spiritual ones and some natural ones, and watch God topple over some things in our lives on our behalf and turn some things over unto us that we thought we never could have. Thanks so much for listening. I pray you were blessed and edified.